Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you'd like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Hey, my friend, we're back, and it's Sunday afternoon out here on the river. And if it's Sunday afternoon, you're hearing this on Tuesday, which can only mean one thing. It's Tuesdays with Tata. How you doing, Tata? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm really well. We had a little break for... Thanksgiving, and it was great. Amen, it was. It was delightful to see all the family. We had a good little trip and went to San Antonio and saw all of our kids and grandkids and Jessica and Ronnie and her family. We had a good time. I hope you had a good time too, friend. And, and we're, of course, in that period between Thanksgiving and Christmas and hope that this turns out to be a great holiday season for you. How are you doing today, Tata? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm really well and excited to be back sitting here Amen. having a conversation with you. Amen. It's a thank you for privilege. having me. It's a privilege. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, what are we going to talk about today, Tata? Well, it's it's a verse that I've I've, I've read many times, and and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners have read it also. But uh, in Jude, in verse uh, eight, verse nine, uh, and but when and and I had to keep keep. I want to put this in context because Jude is talking about blasphemy. Uh, about about this point, he's talking about those people that even blaspheme the name of God and the name of Jesus Christ and do not do not accept Him mm. as God's Son. But Michael, this this verse is think about this verse with me. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, who's contending with Satan, mm. was disputing. About the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, "The Lord rebuke you." Well, think this picture. I have I have some difficulty understanding it. Michael contending with Satan, yeah, disputing with him about the body of, of Moses. Right. But what did Moses? What did? What, how did we? How do we? How do we look at Moses? How do the people of Israel look at Moses? In fact, is to think about Moses. Uh, the, the journey that he had, and just a quick overview. Remember, he was found in the in the Nile River by Pharaoh's daughter, mm-hmm. and she raised him her, right. as her own son. And so he was raised in, the, in the, with the blessings of Pharaoh, and became and was treated like part of Pharaoh's household. Like royalty, yeah. And but one of the things that he did after he grew up, he he found the Egyptian that was mistreating some of the Israelites, and he killed him. Yeah. And he and he was fearful, so he hid him. He buried him in the sand. That's right. But and the next day, or sometime after that, 
he came upon two Israelites mistreating each other. And he tried to intervene and settle the dispute. And they, they accused him of being, what are you going to do, murder us just like you did the Egyptian yesterday? So yeah. Moses, for, for sake of his own life, fled yeah. and went to the wilderness and became a shepherd. His secret wasn't so secret. No, no, it was not. That's right. So it was revealed. But, he, but remember this, he, he is being he is picked all along because he's, he was a shepherd for 40 years. Mm-hmm. He worked for his father-in-law. And he came upon a bush that was burning, but that was not consumed. That's right. And a voice came out of that, that bush. Mm-hmm. Take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground. That's right, the burning bush. Yep. And so God talked to him and God sent him to, to back, back to Egypt. But Moses really didn't want to go. So he argued a little bit with God. And I think, I think that is, I, I, I have to step back a little bit, think about that picture. Arguing with God face to face. But anyway, Moses, and, and he, he performed all of those uh, miracles that God sent him to do, and all those plagues that were brought upon the Egyptians, and the Israelites were finally released. Mm-hmm. And they wandered, they wandered in the desert. And, and on one occasion, that, that, there were two occasions that we know about that where the, ch- the children of Israel needed water. Right. And God had told him to speak to the rock. Mm-hmm. But the last time, Moses got, he was angry. Yep. He struck the rock. Yep. And so God told him, you, you don't get to go. That's right. You're, not, you're going to lead these people, but you're not going to get to go to, into, the, into the promised land. That's right. So we, and we take, that, take up that story uh, in Deuteronomy 34 when Moses died. And Moses went up to a, up, up on a mountain. He went up and he was in Moab, and he went up on a Mount Nebo, and he and God talked to him. Yep. And he, he was he was across the, the river from Jericho, and he was looking into the Promised Land. And God talked to him and told him, "said I brought you up here so you could see this, but you cannot go over there." That's right. He let him see it. He let him see it, and then Moses died, and God buried his body. And no one knows where he is buried to this day. That is an interesting point right there, because why did God do that? Why was Michael involved in it? Why was he contending with Satan or Moses' body? Because God probably, now this is my take on it, that God knew that the children of Israel would worship him, yeah. and, and they were already leaning toward idolatry anyway, because yeah, they had sure been were. involved in it in, in Egypt. <coughs> Excuse me. But listen to what, what is said about Moses. And there, has, there was not arisen a prophet since in Israel like, like Moses. There's never been another one. Not yeah. like him. Um, whom God knew face to face. Now that part I don't, I don't really have an understanding of because we know that no one has seen God, God and lived. But yeah. uh, we know that God showed Moses his back. And let him see him pass, he would pass by. That's right, his backside. But he talked to God, and there's one point that that uh, where God, when when Moses was getting the Ten Commandments, and 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 God and Moses went down, and they were worshiping a golden calf that Aaron had helped make mm-hmm. or made for them, because he said the people made him do it. Yeah, they made me do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but then Moses broke the tablets and went back up on the mountain. And God was so angry that he said, I'm just going to get rid of them right now. I'm just going to kill them all. 
Yeah. But Moses changed God's mind. His argument did. And I've been told that in the original language that meant that when, when Moses was talking to God about reminding him of all the things that he had done, that it softened God's face. Yeah. So he was no longer angry with them. But God buried him because, because Moses did all these wonders and signs for the Lord, that the Lord had sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and all of his servants and, and, all, and all the land. And so there was, there was no one like him. And so God knew, in my mind, God knew that they would worship Satan instead of him. Yeah. So that was that was that was that was my that's my thinking on why God buried him and no one knows where his grave is today. Yeah. So think about the the, the, the propensity that we have for our idolatry. We have we're full of sin. Yeah. And we don't have to worship something that's made out of stone or made out of wood, but anything that takes the place of God or takes the place of his voice that's right. is idolatry. And look at how just this past year when Queen Elizabeth died, I mean, people all over the world like took weeks or days off of work and many people traveled to attend that funeral and revere the casket that contained her body that's not her soul. That's right. She's a, you know, a believer. So we know where she is, but, but people have a tendency to revere and idolize the people, other people. Yes, they do. And so you're right. if, If they viewed Moses as a, patriarch of their faith, then it would have been easy for them to have some sort of false uh, idol worship almost over his body or pilgrimages to see his body or those kinds of things. That's right. And so and we take, we say, we look at this at, at this time of the year right now, the whole world or a lot of people in the world are, are celebrating Christmas. That's right. Uh, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And I've heard it said that maybe this is the only, or maybe this is one of two times, Christmas and Easter, that Jesus' name is not blasphemed. That's right. But we know that he, we believe that he was born, yes, that Jesus Christ was born. But the main hope that we have and the the faith that we have is he's coming back. That's right. And that's what we revere. That's right. It's important that, that we have traditions, yes. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not. I'm not uh, Christmas trees and all of the decorations and all of the, 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 the festivities that, that are in the holiday season are near and dear to me because they're special to the children. That's right. And, and that, that to me is well worth the time and well worth the effort. Yeah. And she, people, and I, I can remember seeing Christmas plays where little children were some about one of the little people would, one of the little girls would portray Mary and another one, they'd have a, a doll in a manger. Yeah. And that was always a beautiful scene. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a very beautiful scene. It was very thoughtful, very, it provoked a lot of thought and a lot of admiration, not just for the children, but for what it meant to them. That's right. You could see it in their faces. So, all, I, bring all the, I, I mentioned all of this, and why I've thought about it so much is because we have that tendency to continue to sin, and we continue to put something in the place of God. And all of us know that, and have a feeling that, 
that God is present in us, and we we know that heaven is real. Uh, some people discount uh, the real how the reality of hell, but I believe hell hell is a real place. I believe that heaven is a real place. But and I know that we're going to get there because of our faith that we place in God. And I recall that when the disciples came to Jesus, they wanted to know what work yeah. they had to do to be saved. And what did he say? Believe. That's right. Just believe. Yeah. Believe I am who I say I am. That's right. So all of, the, all of this point that's wandering around, what, looking at all of this, is let's examine ourselves at this time of year. What do we really believe? Hmm. What do we really worship? Yeah. Who do we look to? Yeah. Who do we look to save our souls? Mm-hmm. Who do we who do we look to to take us home? That's right. And that is that is the whole point of all of this. And and I know it's been in many circles it's been commercialized and it's been made a lot of hoorah has gone into it. But it, it there is a purpose and the thing to keep rem, reminding ourselves of is that Jesus is the reason for the season. That's right. Jesus is the reason. That's right. He came, he came to, to see, to be, so we could see him, and he became like us, so we could, could, so we could become like him. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's the, you know, the, this idea of not revering man and revering Christ instead and trying to become more like him, it really speaks to a lot of the things we've been talking about on a lot of the episodes lately, like this, this notion that our society right now is trying to, to perfect the human race instead of becoming more like Christ. Yes. And, and that's, we're not supposed to be more like Moses. We're not supposed to be a better person. I'm going to let Lewis in. If you hear some noise, it's because <laughs> Lewis is knocking on the door. Hello, Lewis. Welcome to Tuesdays with Tata. It's, it's, we're supposed to become more like Christ. And so I think... I think that's a, a good little nod to he is the reason for this season. Harvey wants to come in too. Hello, Harvey. Welcome to Tuesdays with Tata. <laughs> well, we have a little we have we have a break because Harvey and Lewis required some attention. That's right. That's right. That that uh, commercial break was brought to you by Harvey and Lewis. So, <laughs> you know, one one little aside, Tata. You you alluded to it a while ago, but I think it's worth mentioning the story in Jude gives us an example of how we're supposed to deal with Satan. That's right. The archangel, who certainly has more power, at least at that time, than we do, deferred to God in dealing with Satan. He did. He did not curse him. He did not blaspheme him. He did not command him. He deferred to God. He said, let the Lord rebuke you. So what says James? James says, resist the devil. Our, Our entire instruction manual in all of printed scripture and how we are to deal with the devil is in James 4, 7. Yeah, yeah, resist is. the devil and he will flee from you. That's right. And so what does that mean? How do we resist the devil? Well, the kids in the street, in the vernacular of the street, they might say, get out of my face. Get out of my face. But one of the things, that the, the example that we have is how Jesus rebuked him. Quoted scripture to him. And told him to what? Get behind me. Get behind me. But every time the devil challenged Jesus... With a lie, Jesus met the lie with Scripture. That's right. So be ruled by the Word. That's, know that's, the Word. That's if you, right. if you don't right. know it, you got no bullets to shoot at the enemy. And beware of, of sort of 
blasphemy against things you don't understand because Satan is, a, is an entity that you don't have the authority to command except under the covering of Christ. That's correct. That's correct. And when, at the end of time, when all things are put under Jesus' feet, so will Satan. That's right. And the command to, and this, this, is, this is so profound to me, the command to the disciples that to, he told them that they would have trouble in this world. Yeah, John but 16, don't 33. Fear, I have overcome. Lewis wants to get in. He wants wants to be on the program. He's trying hard to get in my lap. Lewis (laughs) is making a a prolonged appearance on Tuesdays with Todd Talk today. It's hilarious. We love you, Lewis. We do. He's a good boy. So, and and I don't know. I I I think that that we we need to keep we keep need to keep addressing this. But what we need to do, we all of us, friends. Uh, we need to examine ourselves. That's right. And decide where we are, where our loyalty is, That's what right. we believe, and what we're holding on to. And and if we're not holding on to Jesus Christ and as our Lord and Savior, we we do not have we do not have an anchor. We do not have something that we can hold on to and be true to ourselves. That's right. And because we and we can we can blaspheme it and we can rebuke we can we can do whatever we want to with it. But what if it is true? Yep. What are you going to do then? That's right. It is true. Well, Tata, before we go today, uh, I received an email from a woman who was referring to the two podcasts this week about Jesus being our advocate, and she's talking about a very difficult situation in her family in which her. Husband is being. Um, I want to be sensitive to this, to the, to the confidentiality here. But basically, the, there's an accusation in the family that that a member of the family was mistreated mm-hmm. years ago by by the patriarch of the family, and and it's never been talked about before. There's no specificity to the accusation. It's just. Um, it's been brought up in this family and it's causing a tremendous amount of strife, as you might imagine. And so she said that the idea that we have an advocate in Jesus who can can argue on our behalf, even when we don't understand the charges and even when we don't understand right. what's happening, um, resonated with her this week. And so I, I guess I, I would just ask you, I want, I want to pray for her. We're not going to know her. Um, but I think all of us can relate to the idea that sometimes we come under some sort of attack and we, and we don't understand it and we don't have the the words to, to face it. We don't know what to do or even just not an attack necessarily, but just a situation where it's bigger than you know how to handle. Right. And it's, it's more than you understand and you don't feel equipped to deal with it. And that's where mm-hmm. she feels right now. She can't control it. She's not a party to it, but it's threatening to tear her family apart and... And she feels powerless, and she needs an advocate. Absolutely. And so I think I think a lot of people can resonate with that sort of feeling today. And maybe maybe that would be a great thing for you to pray, um, among other things, as you pray for us today. Okay, I will. Oh, Abba, we belong to you. Abba, we belong to you. We are yours, and you are ours. And it's in the sweet and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That we come to you, we seek your blessing of grace, mercy, and peace. Oh, Father, please forgive us of our sins and and hear our prayer. And and Father, I would ask that you have mercy on me, for I am a sinner as well. 
And Father, we just thank you for loving us. We thank you for Jesus, Father. All of our blessings, we are so grateful that you've been mindful of us. Thank you for our food, clothing, and shelter. You've blessed us in abundance. We have more than we need. We're blessed and highly favored, blessed beyond measure. Amen. But we thank you most of all for Jesus. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to die for us. And through his death, you redeemed us. You brought us back from sin when we had no hope. And now, Abba, we have assurance of a home with you and through the blood of Jesus that we have forgiveness for our sins. Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior and our Redeemer, but he is also our advocate. He's our lawyer, our, our mouthpiece. He speaks on our behalf. And so, Father, for the, for the ones that are suffering under false accusations, we ask you to bless them with peace and understanding. And, and Father, I, w- I would ask that this person that, that is laboring with this right now would just turn it over to you. Give it to you. Ask you to take it from them so that they do not have to deal with it. But Father, we ask that you put your words on their hearts, put your words on their lips for your glory, not theirs. Father, help them work this through through this process. And Father, for all of those that that have requested prayers, we we hold them up to you. And we, we turn them over to you, Father. We ask you for healing. We ask you for restoration. We ask you for peace. And we ask you to, to, to protect them from harm, Father. Look, be, be mindful of them. Watch over them. Protect them, Father. Especially the little ones in the families, Father. Please protect them. Father, we, we, we trust you. We have confidence in you. We have nowhere else to go. So we ask you to demonstrate your mighty power in our presence for your glory, not ours. We know that nothing escapes your notice. Nothing's beyond your arm's reach. And we know that nothing is too difficult for you. Amen. So we just ask you in the name of Jesus to take, our, take these burdens, take these pleas, and answer their call. Answer, answer each and every one of them, Father. Oh, Father, we just, we, we're, so, we're so thankful that, that we know you, that we know who you are. And we're so thankful for Jesus, Father. We're thankful for this special time together, and we pray that, Father, it's been meaningful, and that, that you have put your words on our hearts, you put your words on our lips for your glory, not ours. And, Father, we ask you to, to come now. Don't hold back. Come now. And we ask all of this in the sweet and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, your Son and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tata. Well, it's great to study the Word with you. Thank you. That's amazing that we Well, have. maybe the, these, the, these are just little kernels. Uh, our work is to sow the seed. That's right. Our work is to plant. That's right. Someone else's work is to water. And that's right. But God will give the increase. That's right. And if we get nothing else out of these episodes, friend, wherever you are in the world, and we know there are people in Singapore and Lithuania and Croatia and Hong Kong and Australia and New Zealand, and there's 75 countries, and we know that wherever you are in the world, you have an encounter with God's Word today, and that's going to get in your heart, and you're going to be thinking about it. And we, we know that God has a plan for that seed that's been planted, and it's going to come to bear fruit. And one thing I love about how the Holy Spirit works is it always seems to me like when I hear something like this or read something or listen to a podcast or listen to a song, 
it almost inevitably there will come an encounter with another person later that week when That's it right. seems like that thing we were talking about is exactly what that person needs to hear right then, that That's there's right. something related to that this this thing I read or this thing I heard that's going to help another person. And I think that's what um, adorning the truth is all about, that what, yes. this idea that that we're supposed to live in such a way that we make the truth more attractive, that we, 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 we help other people want to know more right. about the that's only right. thing that can really help. That's right. And, and the, the other part of it is that thinking more highly of the other person, yep. that speaks to our heart. That's Our right. disposition. That's right. So when when we look in someone's eyes and smile, what do they do? They smile back. That's right. Usually. That's right. Well, it's been a pleasure, Tata. And I guess if we're going to reevaluate uh, where Jesus needs to stand in our life, when should we start? Today. We better start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.